7 o'clock. Thanks for joining us. Jam and Kate today. Our first show together, 2024. Yes. Welcome back. Did you have a good uh, holiday break? Yes, I did. It was very much needed. <laughs> Even though most of my family is bat bleep crazy. So, but you know, whose family isn't these days, right? No, there's there's truth to that. I, I was hoping for you maybe a, a more thoroughly tranquil, relaxing holiday break. But then again, <laughs> but then again apparently that that's not you was you've told me that was not the case. There were there were a couple of moments. I can't get into too many that's details. Fine. We, we don't don't expect you to do that. No, no. per per HIPAA, you know, really shouldn't be. <laughs> very very true. Very true. But uh, yeah, no, everything was fine. Saw a lot of people that I hadn't seen in a while. And, you know, family is always good to see. So it's it was good. It was a very, it was a good way to end a interesting 2023. Well, good. I So did you see maybe people you knew from school in the past? Or, uh, just, or just, just family mostly? Just family, friends, people that oh, we've known good. each other for like, God. 20 plus years or so. So yeah, it was good. Oh good. I'm what about yours? Your 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 holiday was uh very low key, very tranquil. Good. Very peaceful. We like that. Every, everybody's here, so there's no need to planes, trains and automobile it and right. go someplace, which is which is fantastic. So yeah, it was it was good. I, I appreciate you inquiring about uh my holiday festivities. Which, of course. Which were uh, very, very lovely. All right. So, uh, busy show. Um, last night, <laughs> you know, with, with the way things have gone with the Broncos, <laughs> you needed a night like last night. Yeah, you did. Where you just needed incredible, incredible performances from the best players yeah. in your respective league. From. Well, a guy that, well, two guys that have won championships, Nikola Jokic, Nathan McKinnon. Yep. And just doing what they do and showing why they're maybe the best in the world, or at least among the best in the world at what mm -hmm. they do. McKinnon, overtime game winner again, back-to-back -back games that he's done that. And then Nikola Jokic saying, hey, Nathan. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this, my friend. I would hit long three, 39 foot three to win the game. They were dead. They were dead in the water. They were down by 18, seven minutes to go at Golden State. And uh, Nicole Jokic goes, no problem, my friends. We will, we will win basketball game. Not only am I brilliant actor in commercials. <laughs> of course. I am brilliant basketball player as well. And um, Denver getting it done last night. Aaron Gordon, second game coming off the dog bite incident. It's great last night. 30 and, and 9 last night for Aaron Gordon. Uh, Peyton Watson. Nikola Jokic's commercial uh, counterpart. Counterpart. His, his cohort in that. Uh, 19 off the bench last night. Uh, Jamal Murray just doing what Jamal Murray does at times. As Michael Malone likes to say, wills this team to win. That while Jokic is the deliverer sometimes of, of big plays, big moments, big numbers. Yeah. Jamal Murray's the guy that lights the fuse, though. 
he's the guy that will hit a big three, comes up with a big steal, makes a big play, as he did at times last night, that gets things going for this basketball team. And then for McKinnon, just (laughs) once again, brilliant. Jonathan Druin continues to play sensational hockey. They're they're getting they're getting help from from Druin. They're they're getting the help from obviously the Choo Choo Terrain from um, Nachushkin. They're getting other contributions. I mean, Morandon had a goal last night as well as he continues to to climb out of that slump that he had a while back. And a couple of tremendous performances for the Nuggets and the Avalanche last night. So if you got some some comments on that today, uh, we asked you yesterday about um, well, a rate when they went over the Raiders and finishing with nine wins for the first time in almost a decade. Does that make you feel a little bit better about what's going on with the Broncos right now? Because those, those are positive things; those are big things. This team's looking at a four game improvement, and in terms of wins. You know, Buckeye and boy, Buckeye boy and I debated this yesterday about whether or not, if you're the Broncos, you knew you were going to make the playoffs. Did you want to go on that five-game winning streak and right I, and, and, and and hurt your draft status? My my feeling is this, and I I understand putting yourself in better position on the draft. Well, the Broncos are currently 14th in the draft, and maybe some of the quarterback options won't be there potentially. Michael Penix Jr. certainly. Has gone from hey might be a might be an you know an early second rounder to now maybe not, I don't still he's going to be the number one pick in the draft but there's going to be some there's going to be some thought about that by some by certainly a team like the Chicago Bears potentially but here's the here's the thing though Justin Fields has been playing a lot better lately and if I'm the Bears I build around him you gotta I, I just, with the with the chance that the number one overall pick thank you Carolina that's you can't with how Justin Fields has been playing to end the season. You got to I completely agree. You got to build around him. You've got to use that number one pick wisely and maybe get him some protection, some maybe a weapon or two. More playmakers around him. You know, they thought Chase Claypool would be one of those guys. That didn't turn out to be the case. Listen, it it worked with when you when the Bengals drafted Joe Burrow and then next year took Jamar Chase. Marvin Harrison Jr. He's there for the picking. Yeah, I and, and you go to NFL.com and they have quarterback is one of the Bears' biggest needs, and I'm I'm not so sure that's the case now. I I would I would think long and hard if I'm the Bears about whether or not I I pull the trigger on a on a Caleb Williams or you know Drake May or, or whoever or Michael Penix Jr. If you got Fields, who if you just get him get him some help for the offensive line. That, that they're, they're certainly you've got a, a very athletic, talented quarterback, as we saw against the Broncos, throw the football. And so, but in the case of the Broncos right now, that you know, it, what Buckeye was like, well, you know, if you would you have wanted them to go on that five game winning streak if you knew what it was going to do to their draft status, being 14th, and they're going to walk away from Russell Wilson. I, I still make the conjecture that a team has to learn how to win. A franchise, a, a fan base has to have some hope, and it can't be all about what the what the fan base needs. But then, if fans don't feel like there's hope, then fans don't watch games, they don't buy tickets to go to games, they don't buy merch, they don't do those things. They're like, "Well, screw right. this. This is always going to be bad." And so, why do I, why do I participate in this misery? And in this, in this, you know, 
factory of floundering. So the factory of sadness, it's a factory of floundering with the Broncos. And a team has to learn how to win. Not all these guys are going to be gone in 2024. It's not like you're going to blow out the entire roster. Yeah, you see you say that now. You can't blow out everybody, though. I mean, they're, they're guys are going to be back. You've got to build... You've got to build some kind of winning mentality, some kind of success. No, I disagree. I, I think you do because in your, you're constantly hitting the reset button. You're constantly resetting. But see, here's the deal. When George Payton made the trade for Russell Wilson, the logic at the time was we've got all the pieces. We're just a quarterback away. Okay. So you made the trade for Russell Wilson, even though you really secretly wanted Aaron Rodgers, but that's okay. Yeah. So you made the trade for Russell Wilson. You brought in a supposed up-and-comer in offensive coordinating in Nathaniel Hackett. Who rode the shoulders of Aaron Rodgers. And who Matt, you secretly wanted in the first and, place. And Matt LaFleur was the guy that actually called the plays. Right. But, you know, Hackett played a role in what they did. Yeah. So. so, you you know, you have that sort of... Sorry, the phone's ringing. I got distracted. <laughs> it's Okay. It's our very loud hallway phone. That's <laughs> you need to pick that up? I, I hope not. <laughs> hopefully anyway, somebody will. Hopefully, right? Anyway, the thinking was the roster was already built. You just needed to put in a quarterback like Russell Wilson and then bada bing, bada boom. Well, now we saw how that's played out, and it turns out that the roster really wasn't there. And you really weren't a quarterback away, and the quarterback kind of regressed. And Sean Payton doesn't even like the quarterback in the, in the first place that, you know, you brought him in to fix. You brought Sean Payton in to fix the quarterback that you paid an exuberant amount of money for and traded a lot of draft capital for. And you also traded draft capital for the head coach. Okay. Here's, where, here's, where I'm, here's where I'm coming at you. Okay. Remember that day you almost hugged me? Yeah, I know. I know. I know. You, 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 I can't, know. you, can't, you can't start this. I know. Because, number one... Do, do I feel like they paid a big price to trade for Russell Wilson? Yes. Mm-hmm. Did they have to do something? Yes. Mm-hmm. They did. And, and so they, they, they paid a price in terms of the draft. To me, the draft picks more than the players. Everybody's like, well, Drew Locke beat Philadelphia. I don't care. Guess what? Geno Smith was right back in there the moment Geno Smith was healthy. There was never Pete Carroll going, hmm, you know, I like the way Drew played in that game. No. No offense, been okay. Shelby Harris is now with the Browns. He's now with the Browns. The players that they drafted certainly have added to their roster in terms of some guys on the defensive side, offensive linemen. They've all been nice additions to the Seahawks roster, some of them. Not all of them, but some of them. I don't have the... I have to pop up the list of, of everybody that they got. But the thing is, is that you went out and you need to get a, a quarterback you thought could be the, the, your 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 anchor guy for the next however many years, five years or so. And he felt like Russ was that guy. And so, yeah, year one, Russ, some of it self-inflicted was some of the, to me, distractions of his brand team and an office and, and Nathaniel Hackett's mooching his butt constantly and, and the high knees on the plane to London and all, <laughs> all, the, all the ridiculous crap that kind of went on. The Russ played a role in he did. The, the, he played a big, big, big role in that, but so did Nathaniel Hackett as well. So they get Sean Payton. Here's a couple of things. First off, going back to some of my thoughts about this, he never wanted Russell Wilson. Never. But he 
wanted this job for because he was going to be given the autonomy to make decisions, which apparently in Arizona he was not going to be given that because they said Kyler Murray's our guy, build around him, and if you if you can't handle that, then you're not the right guy for us. And so that job did not happen for him. So he comes to Denver. I feel like there was a slight bit of okay. I'm going to see how this goes. You look at the. You have to look at the numbers this year. And I know people are like, oh, Russ runs out of the pocket. It's a clean pocket. And sometimes he does. He's not, he is not blameless in this thing. Buckeye and I are actually pretty much in the same mindset on this. He's not blameless, but he's also not your biggest problem. No. Because of, of, these, of the receiving core that they have, Corlin Sutton's had a nice year. Ten not, touchdowns. But, but the yardage is not great. The yardage is not eye popping. He's not going. They're not going to have a receiver over a thousand yards again. Cortland Sutton was the last guy to do it, and that was and that was when he had the, he had the knee injury, and that was twenty nineteen. Have to go back and look and see. Would that have been with Joe Flacco, or was that Case Keenum? Ah, uh, that's when they had four. The they had bunch of different quarterbacks that year playing. Oh, that was Brandon the... Allen, Brandon Allen was playing and... Oh, God. Yeah, I remember Brandon Allen was was part of the... Forgot about Brandon the, Allen. The, the fun in, in Denver at one point. Quote, unquote, fun. But you you have, you know, the numbers that, you know, Philip Lindsay, guy that you love. My boy. He was the last thousand-yard rusher for this team. Oh, great. Cortland Sutton, same year, 2019, last thousand-yard receiver. So... Okay, you can say, well, it was the quarterbacks, you know, it's been, you know, the quarterback carousel, why we haven't had another one. Well, they they played like four different guys that year. The year that Cortland Sutton got to a thousand yards. And there's been the comp of Amari Cooper with the Browns. Well, the Browns, they played four different guys this year. They He's a thousand yard receiver. Denver hasn't had exactly, the guys that they've drafted like Jerry Judy, Greg Dolchich, even Pookie to a certain degree, to actually to a large degree, Javante Williams, they haven't panned out to be the players that the Broncos thought they would be. They've been good, not great. And yeah, that's you probably average yeah. at, at best. And Doltich, Doltich has been hurt all the time. And so it's hard to evaluate how good Greg Doltich is because he's he's hurt all the time. And Jerry Judy's underperformed, had the, the brilliant five games last year where he took a run at 1,000 yards, didn't quite get there, at over 900 yards receiving, that, once again, part of the problem is this. The Broncos don't have playmakers around whoever's playing quarterback. They don't have impact guys around a Russell Wilson, whose numbers are on very much on par with what he's always done as a Seattle Seahawks quarterback. So you can't sit here and go, how bad? Well, Russ is terrible. Well, his, But if you liked him in Seattle and thought he was a good quarterback in Seattle... You can't all of a sudden say, well, he sucks in Denver because the numbers are pretty much in line with what he did as a Seattle Seahawks quarterback. The numbers are the same, and the style of play is almost the same. And so you can't sit around and go, well, he's not what we thought he would be. Well, no, he's exactly what you were getting. Last year he wasn't. He's, this year he is. It, he's it's, exactly what you what you wanted. It's Denny Green. They, the Bears are who we thought they were. So you can't sit around, pardon my French here, pissing and moaning about about Russ this year when he's delivering what he we people thought he would do and when, let me, when he came, when he came to Denver. And let me be clear, I 100% agree. I don't think Russell Wilson has been the main 
problem this year. Could he be better? Sure, he could be better. Sure. But again, what you're not when you wanted Russell Wilson or when you got Russell Wilson, you weren't getting Aaron Rodgers. You weren't getting Tom Brady. You weren't getting traditional pocket passer guy that can throw for 300 plus yards a game, two touchdowns a game. But is that Russ's fault? It's not Russ's <laughs> fault. It's the Oh god, we wanted Aaron Rodgers. Well, Russell Wilson's a Pro Bowl, Super Bowl winning quarterback. Well, let's just bring him in. It'll be fine. Yeah. It'll be the same thing. It's not the same thing. You're not getting the same type of player. Now, all that being said, as we talk about this conversation about the future, right? Do you do you keep going or do you just blow the whole thing up? You got to blow the whole thing up. This but, thing... But, but you can't blow it all up because of, of the dead money you're going to have and, and all these things with... Right, to me... To me right now, because Russ is gone, he's, he's not coming back. It would have been you build around Russ because you, you've already put yourself, you've, you've, because of the, the amount of, of draft picks and for, for not just Russ, but for Sean Payton too, don't, can't forget that, you put yourself in a really difficult spot in terms of Russ's contract, what you have in terms of draft capital, things like that. Uh, who are you going to bring in? It's going to do a better job than Russ. We we, we got to move on here, but I, I you know that's that, that's my question for the pile today about you know are you going to be happy if the Broncos finish with nine wins and beat the Raiders? They haven't done that since 2019. Get some thoughts on that today. Also, who you're rooting for in the playoffs? It's, everybody grabs a team. You got anybody? You're I'm early Lions. Probably it's, probably it's, the Lions. It's been the Lions for me for pretty much most of this season. I've. Part, part of me, and I don't, because he's not here today, I can say it. Part of me wants to root for the Browns because I think it's been a fun story. And you, part of me you, wants to, but there's no way you could have said that yesterday. It's probably going to be the Lions. So, all right, 718 uh, Delta girls basketball coach Kyle Crowder joining us in just a couple of minutes. Uh, you can call or text us on the team line today, 970-242-1340. What's happening? And it's brought to you by ComWest, your technology partner. They help business owners grow their business by providing quality, reliable, personalized technology solutions that support and secure their business technology consistently and professionally. One call, one team, one goal, helping your business grow. They can help you with network support, PC and server support, surveillance, or new business phone system. Call them today at ComWest, 970-242-8142, or go to ComWestCorp.com. All right, start things out with uh, last night, Denver Nuggets on the road to Golden State. Nikola Jokic and the Nuggets came back from an 18-point deficit with seven minutes left in regulation to win at Golden State 130-127 to 127 Thursday night. Jokic hit a 39-foot buzzer beater three-pointer to give Denver the win. Everybody, coaches, players, we just stayed the course, even after that uh, third quarter, which they dominated. Uh, but we closed that game, I think, as a 25-4 to four run to close. And uh, you don't see that happen to that team in this building very often. Nuggets coach Michael Malone, Jokic finished with 34 points and 10 assists with Aaron Gordon, adding 30 points and 9 rebounds in his best game after he was bit by his dog on Christmas Day. Denver's a half game behind Minnesota for first place in the Western Conference. Uh, can you cue the music for me on this one? I can in three, two. Nathan McKinnon scored his second straight game, winning overtime goals. The Avalanche picked up a 5-4 win at Dallas Thursday night. McKinnon scored his second goal of the game at 3.40 of overtime with Jonathan Druin also scoring two goals for Colorado. Miko Rannon also scored for the Avs, and he says this was a big division win for Colorado. I think we have a tough schedule coming up, you know, at home and for the break. So so winning a game like this should give a lot of confidence and shows us that we can, we can come back. Even though if there's tough times in the game, you know, we just stick with it and, and come back. All right. Uh, 
The Avs host the top two teams in the Eastern Conference in Florida tomorrow and Boston Monday. Catch Calderwood in Florida tomorrow on the team with pregame at one thirty. Another Avs news, Nathan McKinnon was named to a seventh straight NHL All-Star game. Two of Colorado men's basketball team's top players are out, and it showed in the Buffs' 97-50 loss at 10th-ranked Arizona Thursday. Tristan DeSilva and Cody Williams were out with injuries as Javon Ruffin led C with 11 points. Colorado's K.J. Simpson scored a season-low 10 points as CU's six-game winning streak is snapped. Buffs are 2-1 in Pac-12 play. The Fruit of Monument boys' basketball team is 11-0 after starting 2024 a 71-36 home win over Centauri Thursday night. The Wildcats' Jet Wells scored a game-high 22 points with four threes. Delta faces Centauri tonight of the Monkey with girls pregame at 545 and the boys at 730. You can hear that game in Delta at 97.1 FM. Uh, Palisade fell to Summit 56-54 in a home loss Thursday. The Bulldogs LJ Bellinger hit five threes to lead Palisade with 15 points. Palisade uh, drops to five and six with that loss. The Palisade girls basketball team defeated Summit 53-38 to Thursday. The Bulldogs moved to eight and three and surpassed their win total for all of last season. Central fell to four Collins 79-45 to to drop to two and seven. In boys wrestling, Central defeated Riverdale Ridge 51 to 26 Thursday night. Warriors 150 pounder Hassan Mains remains undefeated after winning by pin. Central's 5A second ranked 113 pound JP Espinosa beat Riverdale Ridge's 4A third ranked Mike Medina 3 to 2 last night. And that's a look at what's happening. Brought to you by ComWest, your technology service partner. If you need IT help for your business, they're the team to call. Best decision you'll make to start out 2024. If you need help from ComWest, call them today, 970-242-8142, or go to comwestcorp.com. Delta girls basketball coach Kyle Crowder joins us next on the Jim Davis Show. I'm the morning guy. I have a Facebook group, 16 members. Some call it a fan page. I don't know. Oh, hell yeah. The Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader, the team. Get in the huddle with Delta girls basketball coach Kyle Crowder on the team. And with us right now on the team line, Kyle Crowder, coach of the Delta Girls basketball team. Good morning, Kyle. Appreciate the time as always. Yeah, great to have you. Thank you. Uh, of course, Centauri coming up tonight. We'll talk more about uh, Centauri in just a moment. But uh, right now, you're team two and four. And I, I know that uh, after the sensational season, Kyle, that you had last year with your basketball team, uh, uh, going undefeated in the league at 12 and 0 in the, in the Western Slope League, 19 and 6, that deep run uh, in, the, in the postseason as well. That uh, uh, this year's been uh, a little bit of a challenge uh, getting out of the gate at two and four. Yes, you know it's very similar to what we did last year. You know we started off a little bit slow. We lost a few games early that we probably shouldn't have. Um, you know, but that doesn't really change what the potential of this team is. You know, we're kind of dialing it in, and um, you know, this team right now doesn't look exactly like I expected it to look. You know, at the end of last season or even through the summer. So. Uh, we're still making adjustments and we're still kind of getting to know each other a little bit, but uh, the potential is there to be a really good team. So we're excited about the opportunity. Well, certainly one of the players that uh, was fantastic for you last year, Kylie Huff, uh, back for you again this year. And, uh, you know, just kind of take us where, through where Kylie is right now in terms of her game. Um, you know, she, you know, last year I think she truly was the best player in our league. Um, so that hasn't changed. Um, she's definitely, there's a, there's another dimension this year. She's brought a little more leadership. She's just kind of taken over games so far. Um, you know, she's doing a great job. She, she's a very skilled player. She's a very savvy player. So 
she has the ability to go out and, and be impactful on both ends of the floor. She's a good team leader. She, she brings a lot to us, but she also makes all the girls around her better, which, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of really good players in this world. And, and the really great ones are the ones that can truly make everybody else better. And she definitely does that for us. Leading scorer last year for you in, in Kylie Huff. Uh, what improvement have you seen in her game in terms of scoring the basketball, Kyle? You know, just being a little more confident, being a little bit stronger around the basket. Um, you know, she, she can score in space. She can um, run the floor. She's long, so she's a little bit of a hard match for, for some of those smaller guards. Um, you know, and, and she, she just has a different confidence about her as a senior, and most kids do. Um, that you know, they just go out there and they, they kind of realize this is their last shot, their, their last chance to do something. And she's definitely kind of picked this team up and, and carried it so far this year. Kyle Crowder, coach of the Delta Girls basketball team with us. Uh, an, another player that uh, you have back from last year was your, your field goal percentage leader last year, uh, Audrey Frazier. Uh, kind of take us through where Audrey's right now in, in terms of things you've seen that she's worked on maybe during the off-season camps and, and open gym that uh, you like what you've seen from her game right now. For sure, for sure. You know, she's, she's a big, strong kid, um, but she's deceptive how quick she is and how athletic she is. So around the basket, you know, she can score it. She can shoot the three. Um, she's long enough that she can, she can – uh, get up above people and, and rebound but she she has that ability to run and, and play in space like we do you know we like to be fast up and down the floor and as a big girl you know she has that ability to to be impactful there we're talking with delta girls coach kyle crowder um right now kyle as you mentioned as i mentioned that uh, your team off to the two and four start but i mean you look at uh, some of the games that you've played you, you have wins a convincing win against grand junction a, uh, a 5A team, likewise uh, against Central as well. You picked up a, a victory uh, against them, and at the at the Palisade tournament, uh, uh, you you had a a close uh, you know a close loss to uh, to Mead by three points. Uh, Montrose is always really good. Steve and his team is always a a quality team as well, and and you played them very very tough and lost forty seven thirty nine. So when we talk about two and four. Two and four is it is kind of deceptive when you look at some of the opponents that you played. For sure, for sure. You know, and it's kind of got us flying under the radar right now, and I don't mind that. Um, you know, but like I said at the beginning, you know, this, that hasn't changed the potential of this team. The, the, the idea is that we've got to be our best down the stretch, you know, going into the postseason. And I, I feel like we were able to do that last year, and I feel like that we're going to be that same position this year. So, um, you know, record doesn't really show how good we are. So I'm excited for the for the chance to, you know, start putting up some wins here and, and – uh, start getting a little momentum for our team and I think it's going to pay off and we're going to be really good down the stretch. Yeah, Centauri tonight, uh, they're off to a 5-1 and one start. They haven't played in, since uh, December, about December 16th the last game that they had. Uh, Hannah Curtis has played really well for them to start out the, the season, 10 points per game, uh, about 4 steals per game so she has an impact on both ends of the floor. What can you tell us about Centauri? You know, Centauri's one of those teams they're just a traditionally good program. They're well coached. Um, you know, they, they have some kids that really love basketball, so they're always going to be a hard hard match for us. Um, they're a little bit different than last year. I know that they lost their best scorers, so I think they're a little bit like us trying to redefine themselves as who they really are. But, uh, you know, I think I think we got a good chance tonight, you know, and I feel like that we played really well before Christmas and practices have been really clean. So, you know, going into this game, we're going to have to play well to win, 
But, uh, you know, I really think that that's where our girls are at right now, and I'm excited to see what they do. All right, so we'll have uh, that game tonight, the boys and girls games for Delta against Centauri, our Highway 50 game of the week to start out to 2024. Delta against Centauri, girls pregame at 545, uh, tip-off around 6 o'clock, and the boys at 730 tonight. And you can hear Delta Panthers basketball, 97.1 FM, and Delta Mark Cantor will have the call tonight. Uh, over on the monkey, which is also 95.7 here in the Valley. Kyle, I appreciate the time. Uh, happy New Year, and, and thanks for coming on for a few minutes this morning. Yeah, thanks for supporting us and, and uh, getting us on the air. We appreciate it. No problem at all. Thank you. Kyle Crowder, coach of the Delta Girls basketball team. And uh, Kyle Crowder brought to you by the Rick Nelson Agency and American Family Insurance. For a free comparison, call this team of licensed professionals at 970 Seven eight uh, Montrose boys coach uh, Ryan Bowringer is going to join us in a few minutes. Montrose will have Central coming up Tuesday here on the team one oh two point one in Montrose by the way, and uh, Ted will be out at uh, Central to to call those games. So we'll talk with uh, Ryan Bowringer coming up in just a few minutes. Uh, Want to get back to uh, some of the action from last night, which was a very very busy night last night with both the Avalanche and Nuggets in action last night. The Nuggets going into Golden State, getting the victory taking down the Golden State Warriors last night in, in dramatic fashion where it looked like Denver got totally dominated in the third quarter. Fourth quarter, they're down by 18 with seven minutes to go, and then uh, Nikola Jokic hits the buzzer beater three to give Denver the victory after the game. Jokic on TNT talking about, well, the game-winning shot and about uh, coming up with a big win last night. I'm one of the really big comebacks. I think we were down 12 in the last 3.40 to go. I think they score only three, actually four point, three points in the last uh, three, three forty, something like that. So it was a really, really nice comeback win for us. We didn't give up. That's that's what uh, I think. This is one of the best description of us. It's we never quit. Yeah. So Nikola Jokic, the thirty-nine foot buzzer beater last night uh, to give the the Nuggets the victory. Mentioned earlier the the great game that uh, Aaron Gordon had last night, coming off uh, just the second game after the dog bite incident. On Christmas Day, 30 points, nine rebounds last night for him. And, um, you know, for the for Aaron Gordon, uh, kind of tentative, understandably so, with 21 stitches in his face and his hand uh, to start things out in that first game back after the, the dog bite incident, but uh, was, was fantastic last night. Uh, Steph Curry, Steph Curry was, well, he's Steph Curry last night. He was he was fantastic once again for for Golden State and, and usually in those games if you let Steph Curry be Steph Curry you usually don't win those games. <laughs> Thirty points for Steph Curry last night and uh, Clay Thompson had, had twenty four, but um, but Denver I thought with along with what Aaron Gordon did last night to help out Jokic Jokic thirty four uh, points ten assists nine rebounds last night Jamal Murray had twenty five points last night Peyton Watson has started some to figure some things out offensively coming off the bench. He had 19 points last night. A uh, really good win for the Nuggets. Uh, and so Denver now just a half game behind Minnesota in the Western Conference standings. All right, 734, and it's time right now for Soundcheck. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story, and I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. A little bit more uh, from the post game from TNT last night and Nicole Jokic. Charles Barkley asking about Joker's game winning shot. Joker, can I ask you a question? Did you call glass on that? 
my friend, Ivanin. I'm happy. <laughs> a man of few words. <laughs> That's great. Nikola Jokic. My friend, Ivanin. I'm happy. I'm, I'm happy. <laughs> That's, that is that is Nikola Jokic. Like, if, if you ever want to know what what he is, like, if, if, you, if an alien came to Earth and asked, describe the greatest basketball player in the NBA right now, my friend, it went in, I'm happy. That's it. 34 points, game-winning buzzer beater from way downtown. And all he has to say is, it went in. I'm happy. I'm, I'm happy. Shot went in. I feel good. My friend. My friend. He's missed five shots in the Nuggets' last four games. Think about that. <laughs> Think about that. He's missed five I shots. I can't. I He's literally don't have five the brain power. Shots. Five. Wow. He's, he's a freak of nature. He's just a freak of nature. And there are times you just watch him. And, and he makes it look so easy. Like, gets on the glass. I mean, because he's, he's big, but it's it's not like he's Shaq big. At least you don't right. feel that way. But, it's, he play, but he plays with that kind of dominance. It's still kind of goofy looking. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not pretty all the time. But, man, he's just... Uh, wor I, I, words can't describe, at least I can't come up how impressive it is to watch him play the game. And thank God he plays for the team that I root thank for. <laughs> God he plays, thank God he plays for the Nuggets. All right, 736 uh, Montrose boys basketball coach uh, Ryan Voringer joins us next on the Jim Davis Show. They're a lot of fun. The Jim Davis Show. They're idiots. They on Colorado's sports leader, the team. Get in the huddle with Montrose boys basketball coach Ryan Voringer. On the team. And Ryan Bowringer brought to you by the Rick Nelson Agency and American Family Insurance for a free comparison. Call this team of licensed professionals at 970-241-0078. Ryan Bowringer joins us. Good morning, Ryan. Happy New Year, sir. Jim, happy New Year to you. Appreciate you having me on. Always great to talk with you about uh, Red Hawks basketball and teams off to a sensational start, 9-0 and uh, to begin uh, this season, the 2023-2024 the campaign. One of the things, kind of looking through the numbers here, Ryan, you got to love the way your team's playing defense right now. You have not given up more than 40 points in your, your last uh, four basketball games. Just 31 to Conifer, 38 to Eagle Valley, 26 to Rifle, 24 to Roaring Fork. Uh, what's been the, the secret sauce defensively so far? Well, that's kind of our bread and butter since I've been here. I mean, I always say is. You know, defense travels. Sometimes offense, when you're on the road, you can't make shots. You can't make shots. But our defense has been great. You know, we kind of defended the three-point line well, pushed people at the sideline, the baseline. It's, it's, I mean, our strength of schedule hasn't been a lot of what the other teams have been playing, but I'm happy with where we're at defensively because, I mean, that's what's going to win basketball games on the defensive end. When you talk about what your philosophy defensively, what is the what is the hallmark thing, the thing you try to hang your hat on in terms of getting across to your guys about about putting the effort in and having success on the defensive end? Well, our mentality is play every position like it's your last on the defensive end. I mean, we try to keep people out of the paint. The teams we play are so athletic. and every, I mean, a lot of teams are guard-oriented nowadays where they want to get the ball in the middle of the paint and then, you know, try to get to the rim or kick and shoot the ball from the perimeter. So if we can keep people out of the middle, out of the paint area, we think we can be very successful with that philosophy. 
You've also been able to get some guys coming off the football season as well. You've had them now for a while, guys like Age Wareham and Jackson Killen as well. And it always helps to have uh, guys like that uh, that have had success in the football field to come out and, and be part of what you can do in your success on the hardwood. Yeah, I mean, those guys are both very good competitors, and, and, and they know how to win. I mean, coming from Coach Merton's football team, those guys, they compete at a very high level, and, and they expect to win, and they want to win. So they're, they're, that's one thing you can't teach is, you know, that competitive drive on those two kids. They, they want to win, and they compete. So, Brian Boehringer, coach of the Montrose Red Ox boys basketball team with us on the Team Sports Network. But, you know, the, the guy that a lot of people talk about is Caleb Ferguson for you. Tremendous player, uh, all-league player, 19 points per game, 9.7 rebounds. A junior this year, what kind of growth have you seen, Ryan, in terms of Caleb from last year to this season? Uh, He's one of those kids that he's very coachable. You know, every time he steps on the floor, he wants to get better. And the thing I love about Caleb, he just has a motor. I mean, a lot of kids nowadays, they they want to play hard on the offensive end, not so much on the defensive end. That kid plays his tail off on both ends of the court. I mean, for 32 minutes. I mean, he'll run through a wall for you, and you can't you can't coach that. He's one, just one of those kids that he'll go out and do anything for you on both ends of the floor. Uh, another player that's uh, that's had a really good start to the season for you right now. He's your second-leading scorer. Um, another Hutto on the floor at Montrose, and that's that's uh, it's Brecken Hutto that's averaging eight points per game. Uh, young man's played really well to start out the season for you, Ryan. Yeah, he has been. Probably our second best defender behind behind Gage Wareham. He can guard. He's about a six three, kind of a power forward for us. But he can guard inside. He can guard the perimeter. You know, he's got great foot speed and just one of those kids. He's kind of a matchup problem because he can play inside out on the offensive end. But I'm most happy with the way he's guarding people. I mean, he can guard. He can guard guards. He can guard in the paint. So and like I said, our backbone is our defense. So if you can have, find a kid that can guard, you know, both the perimeter and the paint, that that's a huge plus nowadays. Montrose Red Ox boys basketball coach Ryan Voringer with us today on the Team Sports Network. Uh, Montrose off to a 9-0 start this season. You now get into league play coming up uh, Tuesday. Ryan, we're going to take on John Sedanich and Central. So uh, I think when you look at the league this year, certainly um, Grand Junction with, with Dutch Johnson now back coaching the Tigers that uh, they've got off to a, a nice start. But uh, Fruit of Monument, Michael Wells now the, the boys coach at Fruit of Monument uh, with the way the, the Wildcats are playing. They're, they're 11-0 to start the season League's going to be very interesting, but you guys certainly hope to, to get back on top of the mountain and maybe uh, win another league championship. Yeah, I mean, this is going into my 10th year, Jim, and I think this might be the best I've seen in the league. I mean, I've seen some film on Fruit, obviously. They're big, athletic, have great guard play than the Thomas and Kidd, and, and, and they're very well coached with Wells. And now I've seen a couple films on Junction and Dutch are doing a great job. They're, all, they're big, athletic. Yeah, the league's very good and very well coached and every team's got two or three kids that, that can really play even Durango in the southwest corner they got they're big got great size and, and Allen's doing a good job and then John's team shoots the ball really well and very well coached yeah it's you kind of my philosophy is we got to take care of our home court and then try to steal one or two on the road because it's it's, it's not going to be easy in the league for sure I know last year for John lost some talent a team that went to the the state tournament last year but uh, the freshman, who's his dad, Brian Rooks, uh, that was uh, Mesa's co-AD, played basketball at Mesa, part of their Central's 1990 state championship team. Uh, uh, his son, Blake, has been uh, off to a sensational start as a freshman, 11 points per game. So uh, Blake Rooks, uh, a guy that's already making some waves uh, as we head into Southwestern League play. Yeah, I actually watched him play last year. At our, at our, we have a big AAU tournament up here in, in April, the fundraiser for us, and I watched Blake play and I was like, holy cow! I mean, he can, he's extremely 
thing I like about him is he has a great basketball IQ, and you don't find that too many freshmen. And he shoots the ball extremely well. And you know, obviously, his dad was a great player. So when your dad's a great player, they kind of just kind of in the blood. And I actually talked to his dad at, at our tournament and said, "Man, we'd love to have your son come play up here for us. What a, what a great kid! You know, both on the court and off the court. But yeah, he's he's got a really bright future, and John's gonna love having him for the next three years. I know that." And and also, I know John's thrilled to have Ryland Ostrand back. His his big post guy um, missed a time last um, time last year, missed all last year with injury. He's averaging nine points per game. Uh, having Ryland Ostrand, it'll be a fun matchup with him and Caleb Ferguson coming up on Tuesday. Yeah, I mean Ryland's just an athletic kid. He's about six two. You know, he can move. Got good hands, and and he's a great baseball player. Just a great athlete. So that's a big, huge plus for John to have him in the paint with with surrounded by four shooters and the Rooks kid and. You know, and Redding can really shoot it, and the Amos kids playing well. They're just a tough matchup because we're kind of big, and you know, they're quick and athletic and shoot it well. So it's going to be kind of our size versus their speed and, and how they shoot the ball from the perimeter. So, Montrose boys basketball coach Ryan Voringer with us. Of course, we'll have uh, Montrose and Central uh, coming up uh, Tuesday on the team, which you can hear uh, in Montrose, by the way, 102.1 FM. We'll have uh, boys and girls coverage coming up on Tuesday as uh, the Warriors score off against the Red Hawks. One final thing, Ryan, before we let you go this morning, uh, coming up next season, Palisades is going to be part of the, the Southwestern League, and I would imagine for you that uh, thrilled to have the, the Bulldogs part of the league, a little bit shorter road trip and another a member of the, the Southwestern League that uh, it'll be a nice addition as Corey Hitchcock's got that team uh, uh, as a very competitive basketball program. Yeah, I mean, we're loving that. I mean, we look at our schedule this year and, and we played 11 straight on the road. I mean, this next Tuesday will be our first home game. So we love to pick up Palisade. Corey does a great job. I mean, those guys are playing really well, and, and he's they're very well coached. But anytime we can get another league school that's competitive, you know, within an hour drive of us, we're loving it. So that's, that's a great pickup for not only us, but just the Southwestern League in general. So, All right, very good. Hey, I appreciate it, Ryan. Thank you so much for coming on this morning. Jim, thanks. Happy New Year as well. Take care. Thanks. Brian Bowringer, coach of the Montrose Red Ox boys basketball team, uh, joining us on the program. All right, you can text calls 970-242-1340. So um, we'll have, of course, uh, coverage of, I think Ryan said that's that's actually a game in Montrose, by the way. On Tuesday? We're in the schedule. <laughs> I'm, looking, I'm looking at the max prep schedule. Are we uh, 100% sure about that? Oh, uh, Ryan said... So it was a Montrose. So we will uh, we will get that figured out <laughs> because that looks like that game is in Montrose. Because that's the difference uh, for me between a 10-minute drive <laughs> and a little longer than 10-minute drive. Well, we, we may be uh, recruiting some other folks to uh, to uh, to do that for us. Our, our friends uh, Pat may be down in uh, in Montrose. We'll uh, might be. Might be helping us out with that. Yes, uh, I believe I was told by by someone that game was at uh, Central coming up on Tuesday. I'm going to double-check the schedule here while we got just a moment. Of course, I'm sure the listeners are loving me checking out the schedule. Oh, yeah, this oh. is great. This is great radio. This, uh, is, this is fantastic, but yes. Uh, theater of the mind. Theater of the mind. Okay, it says, I think, and now it says on the... Um, now it says on the District 51 calendar, it's at Central Tuesday night. But Ryan, as you heard him, he said made a Tuesday reference. home game. But I'm looking at the D51 calendar for this coming Tuesday, and it's at Central High School. So anyway. Paul Kane, if you're listening. 
I'll text Paul. I'll just, but it's on, it's on the D51 website. That is normally the place where that is the, the Bible, the gospel of uh, Max Preps. We do not trust Max Preps. No offense. Max Preps are fine folks. They do good work, but sometimes their schedules are, are There's not There's a correct. reason we sometimes say Max Prepped as a verb. And maybe, maybe Ryan just thought, maybe he forgot for a moment that it was at Central. So anyway. We'll have it for you coming up on Tuesday. Yes, we will. Okay. Somehow, some way. Somehow, some way, we'll make it happen with the Montrose and Central to open up Southwestern League play. All right. Because <laughs> it threw me in. Wait a minute. That's supposed to be at Central. That threw me off there for just a moment. And, and uh, won't be the first time I'm wrong about game location, things like that. But that's like not really on you, though. That's not your, your fault because, you, like you said, you... Check the district website. And it says it's at Central High School Tuesday. So we'll we'll get some clarification from the people that, that truly, truly know and, and orchestrate those things. All right. So today on the program, some thoughts on the, the, the team line today in regard to if the Broncos win Sunday, they get to nine wins. Hasn't happened since the season after they won Super Bowl 50. So we're coming up on a close to a decade. Last time the Broncos won nine games. They haven't beat the Raiders since 2019. A lot of good things. Will that help to maybe make you feel a little bit better about how the season's gone? Because I still look at the progress the Broncos have made. I know people don't feel like it's enough. But you're, you were in the playoff conversation into New Year's weekend. While be it that New Year's weekend game with the Chargers, the chances of making the playoffs were really slim, and you needed the, the Chiefs to lose. Well, and you already benched break. your quarterback, so you basically yeah. already gave up on the season anyway. The, so. the feeling was a little bit of that, yes, but they still get the win against the Chargers. But then the Steelers won at Seattle, and that took them out of the wild card. Chiefs rallied to beat the Bengals. That took Denver out of a chance to win the AFC West still. Um, but you were still, as a Broncos fan, you still had some hope. Greater hope, obviously, when they played the the Patriots on Christmas Eve, and that didn't work out the way we all hoped it would. No. You had three games this year where you lost by a total of six points. The to sub five hundred teams, you win one of you win two of those games. You're probably in the playoffs. Nine wins, you're probably in the playoffs most years than not. I just think that while we, 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 we like to complain, we like to be unhappy. And there are things, certainly, I'm not everything is sunshine and puppies and roses and free beer and barbecue for everybody. No, not everything's perfect about the Broncos. I have my concerns about how things are going with Sean Payton and, and, and the handling of Russ and, and some of these things that have, that have gone on in terms of what will the Broncos look like in 2024? Are they going to be able to find a a better quarterback than Russell Wilson. I know a lot of people are like, well, yeah, they will. Look at the numbers. Are you really going to find for, for what Denver's in the market for? For what Denver can afford to, to bring in? Mm-hmm. And what they're going to get, maybe potentially a, a rookie quarterback. You, you look at the free agent market, Kirk Cousins, that's not going to happen. There's no way they can fit him under the cap and what they have. That's not going to happen. And is that truly a dramatically better move? Than Russell Wilson, I don't know about that. I think it, it feels somewhat lateral, at least in my opinion. It's I think it's less than lateral because I think Kirk Cousins has the he'll give you the great numbers. He's not going to give you the wins when it matters most. You know what Russ has done this year? He's given the Broncos wins. 
My point exactly. He's given them wins. My point exactly. And so I, it's why I still, I know they're, they're members of the pile like, oh, Jim, you just love Russ. I like Russ as a person. I think he's a good guy. I think sometimes he's dorky and sometimes it seems not entirely genuine. But I don't think he's a bad guy. He's not very philanthropic. He still, he, he wanted to be in Denver. Made a point of, hey, I want to be traded to the Broncos. And and so there are things about him I do find endearing. Last year was tough because it was it was just such a bad year. It was a bad bad fit with him and Nathaniel Hackett. I, I just you give me a better give me a better answer to Russell Wilson than Russell Wilson. I'm not hearing anybody offer that up. In, uh, in terms of just free agency, for just free agency, even the draft. Are you are you are you 100 certain? Say somehow, some freaky way, they got Caleb Williams. Is Caleb Williams automatically going to be better than Russell Wilson? I don't know about that. I can't say that. He might very well be. Michael Penix Jr., who I like a lot. He's got injury issues that I think are, are very concerning. Two years got wiped out basically because of knee injuries when he was at Indiana. He's been healthy the last couple of years, but who knows if that's going to stay that way. So I have an answer to your question. I'll tell you about it when we get to hour okay. two. <laughs> Butchie, extend Russ. Oh, stop it, Butchie. Stop it. Your team is limping into the playoffs, my man. I wouldn't I wouldn't be too pumped about the Chiefs right now if I were you. All right. Well, <laughs> good to hear from you, Butchie. Happy New Year. Hour two coming up next.